Hello, listeners. I'm not gonna lie. I'm in a fair amount of pain on this day. Um, a fair amount of pain. Because sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes your body, your body, uh, says, uh-uh. Nuh-uh. Why did you think so? No. And then that's what you have to deal with for the whole day or week or even forever. So if you can, um, do a jumping jack for me, just one, or like put put your leg, put your leg up real high, just for me, um, or just do a kick, just do a kick. Have you ever just done it? Just done a kick because you feel like it. it feels good just to just to do a kick. Anyway, so it's B Stars. It's the B Stars episode, um, and we talk about episode two. And don't at me about my David Fincher opinions. Okay, bye. Enjoy. I believe I started recording just after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> no, you gotta tell me! You gotta tell me when the recording happens. Did you, you got it, though? No. Oh, thank fucking Christ. Do you want me to, do you want me to say it again? Yeah. Alright. Will, fuck you for making me watch this sexy furry show. So oh, episode two, s- huh? Sad, sexy, furry show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Hi, Will. Hi. How are you? I am. I am so good now. This this <laughs> episode hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. Yeah, I for tell you sure. what. Let's do quick summary and then okay. break it down from there. So, can Please. you give us a quick summary of what all happened in this episode? Sure. Um. So, let's see. So it, it doesn't immediately resolve the cliffhanger of episode one. Right. Um, we we begin in Lagoshi's like sleepless night and his dorm room, which is full of all canines. Mm-hmm. I wrote Lagoshi, welcome to the dog zone. Oh God, you didn't call it the dog house. Oh, the dog house. Sure. So is he <laughs> is he in some sort of like dog fraternity or like dog dorm? Mm-hmm. Um. And there's that one, that one like soft-eyed golden retriever character whose name I don't remember. Jack. Uh, oh, he's Jack. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've just been thinking of him as Mr. Peanut Butter. Uh, yeah, th- yeah. <laughs> and and he goes like his gloominess is way worse than usual, um, which is true. I appreciate that he you know identifies it. Okay, so in this episode, um, Lagoshi is like racked with guilt uh, over over what he. What at the beginning of the episode is pretty ambiguous as to whether or not he like ate or assaulted Haru the night previous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes to breakfast at the dining hall where he witnesses an altercation between a fox and a hyena uh, and they start biting each other. Uh, and he intervenes and says, you have to stop it. And then the fox comes up to him and it's like, oh, what? Like, you want to fight now? And then he goes into this sort of panic mode calculation about like how can i lose a physical altercation to this smaller person without it being obvious and therefore humiliating to him Mm -hmm. um and that like panic calculation wave uh is interrupted by the arrival of rui 
Um, and now I'm kind of unclear on which, because I know the events that the episode took place in, but mm-hmm. now reconstructing the way that they're presented in the episode is unclear. Because yeah. um, Rui, we see, we flash back to the previous evening. Um, Lugoshi has this encounter with basically what I'm just thinking of as as um, Lugoshi's id. Yes. That says, like, you want this, you know, you want to eat this woman. Uh, and he battles with it and, like, it kind of seeps into him and he draws blood from Haru's arm with his claw. Well, um, the sequence of events with the with the id character or, like, this kind of shadow self is, first, it's like this little very featureless humanoid mm-hmm. scribbly guy. Yeah. Um, and then it walks towards him and then it grows and it grows and it starts to get huge and then it resembles Lagoshi and then it creeps down and sinks into Lagoshi. Yeah, it like occupies the same space as him. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a whole lot of notes on that. Oh yeah. But <laughs> I'm excited for that combo. <laughs> in the in the yeah. In the interest of of brevity, um he is about to eat Haru. He is like his mouth opens and his like teeth are, you know, at mm-hmm. the snap and at the ready and he's interrupted by um, and what is the name of the you know the second stringer actor that no replaced clue. Tem? Okay, um, but another another member of the drama club asks uh, Lagoshi for help uh, because Rui has fallen off the stage and sprained his ankle. Um, and uh, Rui says it's not a problem, no big deal. Then we flash back to the next day, and he's walking with confidence, and it really does seem like oh he did get better. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and what does he say to what does he say um ba, 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 ba. oh right i could just look at my notes you had yep. to act like a loser um so rui rui diff, um diffuses the uh the confrontation in the in the cafeteria and um, the concept of what a b star actually is right we get the title is drop brought up mhm which is like the avatar but for animals Kind of. We'll we'll get to that for sure. Okay. Um, then we cut to uh, backstage with the drama club crew animals uh, and Rui and um, this. I, he's either a taper or an anteater or an aardvark. Mm-hmm. Uh, end up going to the gardening club because they need some um, some flowers for the set for the final scene of the play. And it turns out that the only member of the gardening club is Haru, who doesn't seem to recognize uh, Lagoshi, uh, seems to have, and we can talk about this at length too, seems uh-huh. to have like com- entirely compartmentalized it. I, I was going to ask you, Will, can we have um, a uh, an air horn for, for trauma response in this show? Absolutely. I think uh, you did bring up a saxophone sting, and I think I would like yeah, to yeah, stick yeah. with that. Oh, um, saxophone sting for both? Okay. Oh, 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 okay, hold on. Oh, no, so I'm, you I, I want got two separate... For, two, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry sorry to introduce more sonic taxonomy no. that I will never get to hear. Um, I love it. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm thinking if we come across something that covers things that I've talked about in therapy, then that's the... And then uh-huh. if we have, that's a trauma response, it's like... Just, you know... Jamie Loftus style, just Absolutely. full on. Absolutely, yep. I'm here for it. Shout out to my year in Mensa by Jamie Loftus. Yes, whose style we 100% copped for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. 
I hope she isn't either. (laughs) So, so yeah. So Haru seems to not remember any of this. And Mm -hmm. then what happens, David? And then uh, he says, like, oh, you know, I'm not ready to go. I'd like to ask you more questions, talk to you more, which she misinterprets as I would like to have sex with you. And the the episode ends with her stripping down to her skivvies and saying, even if you treat me roughly, I will enjoy it. I'll enjoy it. And I was like, if that's your deal, Haru, sure. But geez, Louise, that is rough to hear in a context of resignation of like oh you're just like the others and i was Uh like oh this feels like a trauma response so let's let's hop into some deeper conversations now that we've got summary out of the way let's start i think first let's start with Mm. um just some like typical world building stuff that we get in this episode because we get a lot um, specifically of the university itself so we do have Legoshi uh, in a dorm with just other canines um, mm-hmm. and we also saw Haru in a dorm with like other kind of like rodenty animals mm-hmm. um, so we can surmise that like this is essentially how people are grouped into dormitories likely it's likely viewed as like a safety thing um we also get a good view of the cafeteria so we get a view of their lunches which i have a a dumb question yes will do we have and it's been a year since Uh since i watched the first episode with you did Uh we do we have an animated intro that was this long for episode one no and i want to talk it was like kind of curtailed okay yeah, I want to talk about the intro for sure because it's okay, such a okay. delight. Um, so we have, yeah, we have the cafeteria and we see that they eat a lot of soy and a lot of eggs and like, mm-hmm. you know, fruit and veg. Um, and there's also like, you know, different areas for people to sit based on size. There are these beautiful trees in the cafeteria. I love the trees. It was gorgeous i want to i want to eat in that tree me too oh god can you imagine being in a tree right now Ooh, mm. wow mm. being in a place with like people Ooh, oh. wow yeah so that was you know basic world building stuff um how do you yeah, feel about down, this system of hmm. dorms um it's awfully strange like yeah. I, I kind of assumed I kind of assumed that carnivores would dorm together. I didn't expect the same like <laughs> clades to to house right. together. I kind of assumed like, oh, okay, sure. Like Lagoshi might room with like a tiger and, you know, a hippo, because the hippo always seems to show up with the carnivores because right. it's not like threatened by the car whatever. But I was I wasn't I was surprised that it was just like just the order carni you know, or just the order or the family Canaday lives in this house. It's the dog house, mm-hmm. you know. Uh yeah, I don't like that. That would be like if I went back to school and I could only be with like other Lithuanian Jews. Yeah, it was very strange. I didn't really think about it much the first time I watched it, but this time around I was like, hey, what the hell? Also, like, the amount of infrastructure, like, y'all, doing housing at a university is so, so intricate, so much more intricate than you would think. 
And that just seems needlessly complicated. Um, yeah, I mean, then, what if one of the dogs doesn't like the other dog? Yeah, Where did yeah. They get to go? Well, I'm sure that there are like more canine specific dorms, probably. Um, but it does get into this idea of like when you're when you're all grouped together, you all know each other. You know, so there's like mm-hmm. not really any sort of like anonymity or privacy, not just among people that you share a dorm with but like your entire class like like literally like you know taxonomy class um oh sure which sounds exhausting <laughs> can we call this episode tax on tax off <laughs> yes we don't have to okay um yeah it's interesting because i think that that degree of physical distance that like nobody has uh enables jack to kind of keep a close tab on on legoshi to be like hey buddy i am monitoring your emotional state and you do not Mm -hmm. seem to be in a a good place right now Mm -hmm. and then the other the other dog just like (laughs) drags him out when he doesn't come on buddy come on it's time to get out of bed i really like seeing these um like very casual dynamics because Lagoshi mm-hmm. is so serious, so right. he's serious, so serious. He's so tightly wound. Yeah, that seeing the other characters get to just be like, you know, just Dog like boys. Yeah, it was delightful. Um, nice. And then, what did you think about the cafeteria scene? Uh, well, let's see. So, okay, so I had a question because what yes. the carnivores eat is different from what the herbivores eat. Yes. Um, and they got soy burgers, and it made someone very happy. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. soy burgers. Um, and they also got uh, the eggy. And that makes me ask, hey, Will. Uh-huh. Hey, Will. Uh-huh. Why is the icon for this show on our podcast, why it an eggy? We'll get to it. There oh. is an it's it's a one episode thing. Okay. Um but the eggs are a very central focus of a specific story in a specific episode and okay. it is buck wild. I get it. You don't have to tell me. I've got it. I'm going to make a wildly overconfident guess. Do it. Haru and Lagoshi uh-huh. have to take care of an egg like it's a baby for like a home econ class. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Or they have to like, they have to do like a three leg race for field day while holding, holding an egg an and egg. a spoon. Yeah. While holding an egg, one one hand on each and their hands touch and they go, oh, the forbidden did I, did I do it? Did I win? Yeah, you got cues? it. You got okay. it in one. You nailed it. Cool. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the So there's also like a little bun, I think, that comes with, with breakfast. Yes. Uh, and Lagoshi denies himself the opportunity to eat the bun because it reminds him of oh because it's a bun um (laughs) because it reminds him of the softness of haru and he's like i don't want to touch it i don't want to touch anything soft Mm -hmm. i'm gonna deny myself nice things because i hate myself Mm -hmm. um and then i i assumed because when he interrupts the altercation uh between the hyena guy and the fox guy that you know what we see is that that synaptic thing again Mm -hmm. where like 
the violence impulse or the carnivore impulse races through his body and he gets all like I assumed he was going to get violent. Right, uh, right. And then he he doesn't. Um, well, I think this would be a good moment for trauma response sting. Mm. Um, yeah. Because... Wait, wait, wait. You got you to cue it. Just say like, trauma response. Okay, trauma response. Because <laughs> uh, what triggers that is he sees... Um, oh, uh, the arm biting. Yes, he sees the arm right. biting. And his brain immediately connects that to his own claws digging into Haru's arm from the right. night previous. And I think the way that he responds to that trauma response, you know, could have been violence and like going in and becoming really part of the altercation physically. But instead, he, he's so panicked that he just thinks like diffuse, diffuse, diffuse. Um, and speaks up without thinking. And it almost, because he yells, stop it. And it's right. almost like he's not even aware that he's doing it. And also, mm-hmm. almost like he's doing that to himself more than to those two. Um, sure. I don't think he was even cognizant in that moment. What? How would you classify his reaction uh, when the fox comes up to continue the confrontation. Is that a fawn response? Yeah, I would say so. I would say it's like... Because he's trying to be conciliatory, he's trying to make yeah. himself small, and he's trying to be like, how can I get out of this? And it doesn't matter how I feel, it doesn't matter how humiliated I am, how can I make this confrontation between two other people stop without diminishing the masculinity of the person who is confronting me right now? Yeah, it's it's like a fawn freeze combo because in trying Ooh, to get that process, at a dairy queen. Yeah. <laughs> in, in trying to process how he's going to react using that like kind of yeah. self-programmed fawn response, he is so lost in the logistics of it that he's stuck in freeze. Mm-hmm. And then we have Rui come in. Yep. And he actually um, diffuses the situation, but he also completely clocks what Lagoshi is doing. Yeah. So I wrote, Rui is here to save the day-ish. Uh-huh. And then I said, I can't tell if Rui has his number or what. Because he says, you had to act like a loser, which is true. Because Lagoshi does want to hold himself back from being violent or aggressive. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean to be bad at being a wolf? Because Rui says, you're an even worse wolf than I thought. And mm-hmm. I was like, who mm-hmm. are you to tell Lagoshi what it means to be a wolf? Right. And I, this goes back to our conversation in episode one a lot with the read of Rui as like, obsessed with these taxonomies and obsessed with what they mean you know like i think that he has such a specific prescriptive idea of what a wolf you know should be Mm -hmm. um and it's like his read on his read on lagoshi's actions completely correct his read Mm -hmm. on lagoshi's like motivation and why he's doing it so far off right uh which continues to be a theme for these two 
but he's so thoroughly confident that he doesn't oh, yeah. he doesn't seem to care that he's wrong. I don't think like, there anybody would be no could way for him to learn. convince him. Right, right. Like Lagoshi could explain exactly why he did everything he did. And Rui would still read that through his own lens and explain why it actually fits with him, you know? But but Lagoshi would never explain it to Rui because no. he is presently incapable of that kind <laughs> of like introspection and like self-explication. Absolutely. Uh Let's let's talk about hey, question because yes. I had a question for you, Will Williams. Uh-huh. Um, how there is a little bit of uh, of Lagoshi in early season one Valence Liam. Oh, absolutely! Isn't there? Yeah, yeah quite like a the, lot. <laughs> the self hatred, the running like uh-huh. inner monologue of you know of same uh, the like paralyzed, you know, calculate all the angles response. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's all. Uh-huh. I just wanted to, I was like, That's oh, my boy. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, this, it, watching this for the first time was a lot like watching Mr. Robot for the first time, where I watched hmm. and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I guess I didn't need to make my thing. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't, would I, li- would I like Mr. Robot? No, I don't okay. think you would. I think that you would find it um, so exhausting. It is like, okay. so uh, last night I tweeted that uh, David Fincher is lo- the lawful evil version of Sam Esmail, who is uh, chaotic neutral. Okay. But they are really like, the, the creator of Mr. Robot is is v- very Fincher-like in a lot of his execution he just goes harder into absurdity um Mm. so i think that people who don't typically enjoy fincher and i assume that fincher is not your style in film um would i haven't seen a lot of david fincher movies in a while that's fine i never saw social network I watched Social Network for the second time in my life last night. I had only seen mm-hmm. it when it came out, and I watched it again, and uh, it was bad. Okay. Um, it, I mean, it's just very much like... With Fincher, you can always make the argument that it is a criticism of the protagonist. Got you it. know? Like, mm-hmm. like how you can with Fight Club. Sure. So and, this is this is sort of what like this is what you and Josh were talking about. How Dan Harmon writes these characters. That yes. The punchline is the character, but sometimes the execution of that punchline. You know, like if you're being it, ironically yes. racist, you're still being racist. Right, and that's the thing okay. is like, and then to that point, like we could say that it's a criticism of the protagonist, except for that the protagonist consistently wins and is correct. Which is the same with something like Rick and Morty, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, at the end of of Social Network, obviously, Mark Zuckerberg, like, is the winner. And he is sad. But, like, (laughs) but he's correct. But a sad billionaire. Exactly. He's a sad billionaire. And also, they even say, like, so... The kind of like one of the last stinger lines is Rashida Jones, who's like she's uh, like training as a lawyer. There's words for this. 
Um, so she's observing the case and she mm-hmm. tells him, she says, uh, Mark, I don't think you're an asshole. You just really want to be. Um, and that is played as like a lot more scathing than it actually is. Uh-huh. Because those things are not distinct. Like, he is an asshole because he does things assholes do. I think that they're saying that at his core, he's not an asshole. That's really funny that because those are words (laughs) that I have written down in my connection to therapy section. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, lordy. But we can talk about that when we get to, to, um, to Lagoshi's id. Yes. Anyway, long story short, no, I don't think that you'd like Mr. Robot. Okay. <laughs> Would I like the girl with the dragon tattoo? I have never seen it. Um, well, I want to ask you about Beastars, the concept. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it happened kind of quickly. I wasn't sure. I assume they'll come back yeah. to it. I wrote like, title drop. Hey, is there only one? Is it like the Avatar, but for Aminals? That's all I got. Like, what? what is a yep. Beastar? Pretty much. So a B-star, they, they kind of talk about it in this episode. They do um, continually explain it. But basically, there is, there are like maybe a handful of, of B-stars at a time. There is currently, to my knowledge, there's just one. Oh, wait, no, there is only one at a time. Um, when one retires, they passed on the title to somebody else. There is one current B-star. I will say that we do do not meet them in this season. Okay. Um, we do eventually meet them. And are they like, like just a cars? Like what are they? Are they like paladins of of species balance? Kind of. So they are Avatar esque in that you know they are supposed to be this like supremely important. Uh, and very powerful person. Um, they are given a lot of political power. A lot. Um, okay. They are also seen as more or less like as close to superheroes as this world's fantasy will allow, which is like there's no magic, you okay. know? Um, but so they are given free reign on a lot and the way that they're chosen is like super 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 fundamental um for how everyone is like raised in this culture where like being a b-star is the equivalent of not quite being the president even like i'm trying i'm trying to even like being like a Dalai Lama? I didn't yeah. mean to animal pun there, but like like to be like sort of a inborn, like almost sacred trait? Is that? Y- yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also something that you're expected to strive for because it's based on things like grades and extracurriculars and how beloved you are by your graduating class, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so with all of that, we get the, the very clear idea that this is what Rui is is striving for, that he um, has made himself this concept of perfection. Mm. And he is doing that largely for the purpose of becoming the next B-star. 
I just want to get think, what's read the, on all that. God, what's the name of... Um, I used to know the word for this in Chinese and in Korean. There's like, you know, national national exams that are equivalent to like yeah. the SAT, ACT. It kind of feels like like becoming a B star is kind of the the pressures of that of like the summative exam mm-hmm. um, that is at the end of high school plus like social currency all mm-hmm. like compressed into this awful diamond of achievement. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's more or less like, what if every decade or so the class president, uh, when they graduated, got to sit in with the actual fucking president? Sure. Like became like the, the secretary general of the United Nations. Yeah, pretty much exactly. Okay. Um, so that's basically what a B-star is. Good lord. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Rui thinks that he is the clear next choice. All right, Rui. Bold move. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Maybe you should ice that leg if you want to be the B-star. Yeah, let's talk about this. Oh, so man. That leg, though. Uh, <sighs> uh-oh. I wrote, uh, Rui's masculinity is a prison of his own making. A thousand percent. Because he has this, so so he 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 ducks behind you know the wings uh, of of the of the theater like mid rehearsal to pull up his pant leg to expose this like nasty purplish like throbbing sprain. Um, may even be broke. No, he wouldn't be able to walk on a broken leg, a uh, broken ankle. But it's definitely like badly sprained it's and like bad contorted and purple and like he's obviously in immense pain and he just you can kind of see him like straighten up his spine when they call his cue and he just sort of puts himself back together again and starts fronting um as though he's not injured but he is in fact very badly injured and that felt like a big old metaphor and maybe in its own way a trauma response (laughs) i agree i agree uh what do you think uh dissect this metaphor for me yeah um, I think that he is, I think that he thinks that if he's going to become the B-star, that, that suffering in this way, suffering silently, stoically, and manfully, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. is, like, the path to it, mm-hmm. uh, or at least it's it's part of it, is that, like, leadership means never showing any kind of vulnerability and weakness. And there's, um, a, there's a sense of real martyrdom, too. Right. But it's also incredibly selfish because at the end of the day he is doing this so that he can be the lead <laughs> yes like, so that he can play this this kick-ass character right and he and he talks about the importance of him being a, a prey animal um and playing this role um he has this conversation with one of the other actors who i think is like maybe uh i don't know he's some sort of some sort of Oh. Yeah. Uh wait. Is it the is it the deer guy or is it Kai the Pine Martin? Or neither? No, it's neither. It's just it's just one of the dudes who's just playing like an antag. Um Right, 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 right. Oh, right, 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 because he's like, okay, carnivores come at me with everything you got. It's very right. important for me to play Adler as an herbivore. Exactly. Like he is so dedicated to this idea of 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 the prey animal 
being hit with everything a predator can bring to a fight and still being the one who succeeds. And Mm -hmm. he seems to see this as like, this is like evangelical for him. His actions here to me can really be read in one of two ways, but I think that both are correct, if that makes sense. Like the one read is that he is doing this for the people, Mm -hmm. you know, that he is, that this is evangelical, that this is him um, showing prey animals that they too can can succeed and can triumph and the other side is that it is a wild wild amount of self-aggrandizing and like so self-concerned that he thinks he thinks that not only is he you know the next to be a b-star but he is also fit to be this character who triumphs over everyone despite his like physical uh predilection to be you know quote-unquote weaker even though we all know that deer are more likely to fuck someone up than a predator (laughs) like all of it is just so there's so many layers here they're so fascinating to me Rui is a fucking mess Mm -hmm. (laughs) he is like barely holding it together yeah, and he thinks he's doing so well. Right. <laughs> I am I am interested to see. I don't think it's like imminent, but I'm very interested to see what will happen when he finally like implodes. You know. Oh. Cuz I think that ankle is going to catch up with him. And if it's not the ankle, then it's going to be something similar. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Uh the the entire plot line with the play is It's a lot. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I don't know where it's going. Obviously, it's going somewhere. You know, like the theater and and roles that people play being a oh, central yes. theme of of the show. So I don't. I, I'm not confident enough to to make a prediction about like what Fair. exactly is going to happen. Fair. Um, oh, I'll just do one just for the sound effect. What hey. if Lagoshi ends up playing Adler because the sprain gets too bad and he has to sub in at the last minute? Ooh. What if? <laughs> let's let's hop over to talking about the Haru plotline, which yes. I think is probably the like the real core of this episode. For sure. So I have to ask you before we even start to unpack anything, what what do you think? What do you think about Haru's processing? Um like do you do you buy that she doesn't remember any of it i think two things can be true at once i think yes Mm. and no i think that there is a part of her that has walled i think there's a part of her that knows exactly what happened Mm -hmm. um and that she's kind of blocked it from her conscious mind Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um which really sucks i just feel really really bad for her Mm -hmm. um and it sucks that she thinks that the reason that the aardvark or whoever he is suddenly has to leave. And maybe this is, in fact, the case uh, that he, upon seeing Haru, he suddenly gets nervous and leaves. And she assumes, oh, it's because he knows the rumors about me and he doesn't want to be alone with me. Mm-hmm. I read that um, as completely accurate. Um, Which is funny because, like... Lugoshi is having the exact same thought, like, oh, my God, I can't be alone with this person. I have to come up with some excuse. And those fucking, like, double exposure shots Mm -hmm. that are, like, 
the scene playing out, but in... Vignetted in the shape of his head? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I eat that shit up. I loved it. I know. (laughs) You goober. Yeah, I I think that the... uh, I think the compartmentalization uh, is strong here. Yeah, I, so I think I think there may come a point when she'll remember it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that there would be much of a show if she didn't at some point like put it together. Especially mm-hmm. if she spends more time with Lagoshi. In fact, it may be that in the next episode, if he doesn't immediately flee, uh, if they like touch each other, she mm. may suddenly have some kind of it may trigger a recollection and a sense memory and she'll be like holy shit that guy assaulted me yesterday mm-hmm, 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 you know mm-hmm. yeah I, um, i'm having trouble seeing like a happy ending for the two of these people uh but <laughs> yeah, i know that there are multiple seasons of this show um so yeah uh i really i really can't say anything about that no i know i know i know uh, <laughs> So I I have a question for you um, because there is something that I have not been able to figure out and I've watched the show like several times now. I want to talk about the framing of the shot when she tucks Lagoshi's tail in his suspender. It is just Lagoshi's face. We don't even really see him like looking down at her. We don't see her doing this. It's just him. It's a very still shot. Why? I am I am very genuinely baffled by this choice. What do you make of that? I don't know. Let me go let me go back and, and look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So your question is why why not show her doing it? Yeah, like why is that why is the like quote unquote camera just on Lagoshi there and like he's not even really doing much it just seems like it's such a strange choice I think it's a claustrophobic choice um mm. I think it's I think it's the decision to keep it because he's so entirely in his head and he's so in his head that like we don't even break for what would be like a really sensible place to put an insert shot right. of her hand reaching out and grabbing the tail but he's so still in his shit that like he's kind of controlling the diegesis oh you know he's like controlling he's almost controlling the film world with his uh, neuroticism yeah okay so like even even though she interrupts his thought process like the frame still stays on Lagoshi uh because we're still processing things through him like I think that that we don't really get a lot of Haru's subjectivity in this episode at all, right? Yeah. And even yeah. as, and he's like completely oblivious to everything that's going on with her. So at the end of the episode, we have that split screen where he's like massaging his temples and being like, how do I say this? I think you're like fun. I want to like talk to you. You're really cool. And, or whatever it is that's like, he's struggling to articulate. Mm-hmm. As she is like sadly undressing because she's and misinterpreted. She's talking to him the whole time, right? And he is not hearing. It. He is any not hearing it. it. And I, yeah. I think that's. I think if I can hazard a theory, I think that's why, like, we stay focused on Lagoshi in the shot. In Netflix, this is about. Uh, it's about eighteen minutes in to mm-hmm. the episode. Um. Oh man, having it up at the same time as I'm talking to you is very useful. Um for film analysis. But yeah, I, th- I, I I that's my best guess. 
Yeah. What, what I mean, I know it puzzles you, but what do you think it means? I think I'm with you there. I think that I'm with you. Um, because before I had nothing, and I think this makes a lot of sense. I really love the concept of him controlling the diegesis. <laughs> just like through sheer force of anxious will, just like no, 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 don't, don't look uh-huh. the camera, stick on me, uh-huh. uh, don't look at me, don't look at me, but look at me. <laughs> look only here at me. If you mm-hmm. must look at me, only here. I also think um, that seeing, like, I think that if we had a chance to see Haru doing that, it would actually come across as kind of like flirtatious and mm. cute and and seeing Lagoshi through the gaze of Haru's possible desire for him. Um, and I think that to deny seeing that kind of heightens the I hesitate to call it a punchline, but that's the mm, word I'm going to mm-hmm. go with. The punchline of the the reveal. Thank you. Yeah. Of of the end of this episode. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, but that now now I have a question for you. Do you think that there is desire there? I mean, this may also be a fawn thing. Like she is a prey animal alone with a predator. She might like playfully flirt with him in order to like minimize her threat or so i don't know i mean look oh she's cute mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's, he's cute. a cute little gangly boy uh-huh. i wouldn't say little he's a cute he's colossal a cute, enormous gangly boy, gangly boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay okay i don't know I, I i don't have enough information to Fair. make an informed like a truly informed guess there yeah and you and you were definitely spot on when you said that we really like don't get any haru subjectivity here like we are so so far outside of whatever is happening with haru whereas in that first episode you know we got some of her perspective this is like right completely third person to her um yeah do you have any more notes for this episode i have so many notes oh my god okay let's start going through them because i want to okay so i want to let's talking really quickly about um the scribbly creature that coalesces yes. into the the Lagoshi shaped the Lagoshi shape the thing that I'm calling Lagoshi's id. Yes. Um, when I saw this, I had like this connection to therapy because something mm-hmm. that I worked with Michele on is this idea that, unbeknownst to me, there is some evil version of myself that I'm not aware of that lurks at the edges of my consciousness. Um. Like, oh, what if I'm awful and I don't know it? And right, I, I, right. I've mostly managed to, like, disabuse myself of this notion. Um, funnily enough, like, the I, I'm not religious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, I did have, like, 16 or 17 years of Jewish education outside of just regular public school. Right. Um, and there isn't really a... A discourse, in as much as I'm aware of like bad thoughts in Judaism, the way that there might be in mm. other Abrahamic religions, like Catholicism, mm-hmm. for example. Like sin is a verb in Judaic thinking. You have to you have to be an asshole in order to be an asshole. You know, oh, it's not okay. it's not just like a state. It's not just like a state of being shitty. It's like oh, you know, like like sin is a thing that you do to other people and sometimes to God. Right. Um, I don't know. And so, like, if the thing that helped me think away that defeating line of thought was like, well, I don't know if I 
almost utilitarian. Like if I'm if my actions do not seem to cause harm and no one is telling me that my actions are causing harm, then all things being equal, given that I have surrounded myself with people who would tell me and have Mm -hmm. told me when my actions Mm -hmm. have caused harm, I am probably not presently causing a lot of harm right now. Right. Right. Because I think that I think that Legoshi and I think part of the reason that you wanted me to watch this show with you is that Legoshi sees himself as like like a time bomb, like just this yeah. potential that, that he contains this potential for just harm at any right. opportunity that there's just like he's a, a coiled spring of damage that he is going to inflict on other people simply by existing. And that his and that his kindness is kindness despite that. Mm hmm. Like it's kindness that's an asterisk on this huge other thing. Right. I may be nice to you now, but I'm nice because I'm actually shitty. Right. But right. no one else knows that. Uh, fuck you. Shut up. Just be nice. Yeah. Just be nice. It's chill. <laughs> <laughs> that was thought number one. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. I wrote Mr. Peanut Butter is scared. And then we trailed off and just kind of talked about nothing. Join us next week on Empty the Cues, where we'll talk about The Good Place somewhere with Ellie and Gavin. Uh, wow, wow. We really did put the f- two philosophy shows, like, bing, bang, boom, right next to each other, huh? But kind of not, because then there's a big break. Anyway, you can find us on social media at Empty Cues Pod. You can find us on our website at emptythecues.wordpress.com. And until next week, um, I love you. Do a kick. Okay, bye.